Good morning, and we are joined at this time by the mayor of the city of Batesville for his monthly visit, Mike Bettis. Good morning to you, Mr. Mayor. Good morning. How are you today? I'm well. How are you, sir? Very good, thanks. Excellent. And, of course, uh, Batesville uh, Board of Works and City Council uh, met earlier this week, and, of course, it started off with the uh, Board of Works and uh, just two items on the agenda, and uh, the first one was the uh, wastewater budget. That's right. And so each year... Um, we go through a, a budget system um, where the city council goes through and approves the budget for the next year. Uh, but then we also have utilities that have, that have budgets that need to get approved. Uh, and so when the city is doing our budgeting, it's mainly for the non-utility stuff, for the parks, the recs, the boards, um, the park board, the police and fire are all part of the city budget, but then each utility is separate. And so the water and gas utilities are, their budgets are approved by the utility service board, but then the wastewater system is the only utility that is the last utility then that needs to get a a budget approved. And it is handled through the board of works. And so every January we uh, bring a budget or Paul brings a budget to the Board of Works for their approval. And so we handled that on Monday night. Uh, and so it's, there's really not nothing too exciting in it. We, we, then, we tend to make sure that we have appropriated money. So in case we get into a big project or if there's an emergency that we have to get into to fix something somewhere that we have funds available to do so, yeah, but this year, probably the biggest thing that will affect our budgets is the is the salary raises. Um, everybody, um, city employees, all got a five and a half percent, or approximately a five and a half percent raise, and so that's included in their budget also. And then we have we're looking at the potential for a couple of large projects this year, and so those are in the budget, which also which kicks that up a little bit, uh, and, and so it's kind of a balancing, balancing act. We finished last year, 2021, with uh, more cash on hand than when we started because one of the projects we thought we might get going on, might be doing, didn't happen, and so that project is carrying over into this year, and so um, those funds will be used, and, and so that caused our appropriations for 2022 to be up slightly over 2021, um, and so it, it, it will even out at the end of this year. And and so we're in a good shape financially for the wastewater treatment plant, finishing in black, I think, just about every year. And we'll, we'll probably, there's a possibility we may finish in the red this year, only if all these big projects all happen in the same year. So, But we have saved up for it. We're in a good shape, and so it should work out fine. All right, so that was approved and also approved a uh, parking lot uh, closure request. Uh, and this is a an event that uh, has uh, disappeared because of COVID, and that's the uh, Kiwanis Carnival. That's right. And so this is a, an event that has happened in Batesville for many years. And uh, unfortunately, because of COVID, it, the Kiwanis made the, uh, the right choice of canceling the event for the last two years until we were bringing it back this year. Uh, it would be in the same place as always be in the parking lots. And so if you're like me, you're probably going through that same gymnastics that I went through when I first 
was when I was putting my notes together for the meeting on Monday night, saying, "Oh my gosh, we always have the carnival in the in that parking lot where we now have the Umbrella Sky or Batesville Sky project is going on." And so there will be a slight conflict there. The Batesville Sky uh, Umbrella Sky project will stay exactly where it's at. The carnival folks will work around it and will not be going into that that area. But the uh, the Batesville Sky equipment structure building, or however you want to call it, will still will still be in place, and they'll just be working around it. And so that got approved for this year. And generally, that hap- I think this year it happens through May 9th through May 15th. They really start setting up on the 10th. It takes them a couple, three days to get everything set up, and then they'll have the event. And I think it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then they tear down Sunday night and move on to the next community. So that, too, got approved. And that was the, real, that was the only parking lot street closure request that we had this month. Um, Many months we'll have three or four or five of these types of requests, but uh, this year, um, we, or this month, we only had just the one request, and so that was presented and then approved by uh, the Board of Works uh, at their meeting Monday night. All right, so and then moving into the uh, council meeting, uh, we're going to uh, begin with the uh, uh, mayor and uh, council appointments. That's right, and so every year, the start of the year, we go through, um, it is the time when uh, the mayor makes appointments to different uh, boards and commissions around the city, uh, and and some of them are annual appointments. Others are, um, well, when a term of an appointment runs out, then they need to be filled. And so I went through a list of mayor's appointments and then also went through the list of city council appointments. Um for the most part, there was nothing, anything that I would consider to be too exciting in any of the appointments. Uh, the biggest part of them are annual appointments. The planning commission is an, uh, is an our annual appointments. The technical technical advisory committee to the planning commission is general another annual appointment. The board of finance is an annual appointment. The board of public works and safety is annual appointments. Redevelopment Commission, all those seats are handled by annual appointments. And so going through those lists, um, it takes a little time, but it's one of those things that we do every January to get them filled out and get them in place. And so there's really nothing uh, that would that was new or exciting or too terribly different in any of those appointments. Uh, and so I'm very grateful to all the people of the city of Batesville who volunteer and or allow us to t- twist people's arms to be on these boards and commission because that's really how these things get run. And it's important to have good folks on all these boards to uh, share their insights, share their, um, their life experiences to help guide us so that we make good decisions in running the different groups uh, the Park Board, the Utility Service Board, the Board of Works. And so all those are important boards that need good people on them. And so I'm very grateful to those folks who uh, who volunteer to do uh, to be on those different boards and commissions. It allows us to uh, run the city and get help from a, a number of uh, very good qualified citizens. 
All right, and with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout, and we'll continue as we uh, review the uh, Batesville City Council meeting from Monday night with Mayor Mike Bettis right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To Go, big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back to The Daily Pod. I'm Tom Snape as we continue our monthly visit with the mayor of Batesville, Mike Bettis. And uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, moving into the uh, the new business portion, uh, there was no old business. But uh, the new business, uh, one of the items was a uh, resolution of uh, number 1-2022, a transfer of funds. Yes, and so this is what, uh, as, as our court treasurer Paul Gates explained Monday night, that this is as much a paperwork shuffle as much as anything. And so um, the state requires us to get these different accounts back to zero or at least into the red or into the black, I'm sorry. So we'll have some accounts that finish in the red, and then we need to get those back up up to zero or up, up into the uh, into a neutral position. And, and so we've done this every year, and it's kind of a paperwork shuffle or a number shuffle to get those accounts moved around. Uh, the list this year was a little bit smaller than some other years. And so it really is not too exciting, but it's one of those things that just has to get done to, to meet the state standards. And so uh, fortunately, and so Paul was able to pull that information together and presented that to council and council was uh, agreeable to make those changes and get those items all cleaned up so that we can start the year off fresh and uh and and have a clean i'll say a clean slate so we can get the year started properly all right and then the uh, there's a, a belterra request from the uh, batesville area historical society yes and and so the belterra uh, funds are oftentimes used for different kinds of things that happen around the city beautification kind of things uh, or events where people need additional funding. And so the Belterra uh, funds uh, are, do not come in as plentifully as they used to in the past. Uh, I think in the past we would get anywhere from seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year from Belterra funds. That number has dwindled down, and I think it's maybe 50000 today. Uh, as COVID has affected the casinos also, uh, that they don't generate as much money in these kinds of accounts. And so the council has to be very uh, uh, particular about how they invested. And so the Batesville Area Historical Society did a project back in 2016 when the state of Indiana was celebrating their, its bicentennial uh, with a project that the Historical Society took on called Portals to the Past. And so um, most everyone's probably aware of this. And so across I think there was somewhere around 20 different uh, old wood doors that were outfitted with historical markers, pictures of how Batesville looked 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 years ago, and uh, were attached to these doors and then placed in different locations. And when the original pro- uh, project was put together back in 2016, the thought was maybe they'd be up for a year, maybe two years. 
Well, it turned out that they were so popular and that it was something that so many people enjoyed. And we actually had a number of people who actually came into uh, Batesville just to look at these portals. Uh, and I think uh, there was a number presented Monday night. We also keep a, uh, I'll say, a diagram of downtown and where the different portals are, are located and a little guide map. And so I think we have made they were guessing around 5,000 copies of that over the last six years, uh, five and a half, six years. And so they have been very popular. And so uh, unfortunately, after that long, these old wood doors uh, have taken on a lot of moisture and have been uh, hard to keep uh, in good, good condition to keep them looking new and fresh. And so they wanted to replace the old doors, old wood doors, with some doors uh, that would hold up better in the elements. And so uh, there was originally, I think the plan was just to put the old signs back up. I believe city council, a couple members of council had had some conversations with the folks at the historical society and said, hey, let's, let's freshen it up. Let's replace the doors and let's put up some different signs and put up some different pictures and try to, you know, give some attention to some other groups, some other old businesses. And so uh, the Historical Society uh, put together a, kind of a revised list and then came back to, then came to council on Monday night looking for approximately $13,000 to get new doors, to uh, get new graphics, new uh, different photos to be used. It was it was very popular for the last five six years. Uh, city council seemed to be very excited about uh, investing money and doing it again. Uh, as I remember from Monday night, I think Tracy Rolfing was very excited about the project <laughs> and uh, made the motion uh, uh, to uh, uh, fund the project and so. I've, it just worked out really well. I think it's one of those things that it was one of those things that when we first started, we didn't know how it would work. And next thing you know, it turned out to be a, a hit. And uh, there was a time when I thought it was time to take them down. But uh, others thought, nope, let's keep them up and let's keep going there. We still are getting people into town to look at them. So let's continue to use that as a way to attract some people to visit Batesville. Obviously, it's worked, and so that we're going to extend it for a, a bit longer. And so we're hoping that the Historical Society can come up with some uh, interesting new photos and things that we can use around town to freshen it up, change it up a little bit, and continue telling the history of Batesville so that uh, more people will, will – we, we can learn ourselves and we can also attract others to come and see them when they're passing through Batesville. Right, and then of course uh, also a uh, an added item to the agenda: uh, Batesville Main Street uh, Executive Director Tina Longstreth. A uh, little tip of the cap as far as the uh, Inspiration Park is concerned. That's right, and so uh, this is a project that uh, took quite a while to get to its finished product. Uh, at one point, uh, City Council was talking about replacing the what I call the uh, gazebo over at the bike park and changing that up a little bit and putting something there that would have a roof on it so people could sit out there and get some shade or sit, be there and, and if there's a rain cloud passes through to get in and out of the rain, have a place to sit and stay dry. And so it was one of those things that 
uh, started off as, I believe, I think one of the city councilmen, uh, Councilman Fritch, was talked about maybe making it something for to commemorate police and firemen. Uh, and so then there was a grant opportunity that came up from the state that main, the folks from Main Street applied for. That was a, what the, the state originally called Women's Legacy Project. And unfortunately, uh, our request wasn't funded. And so the Main Street folks took it on themselves and to make a, a self-funded project. Then that was a combination of, I'll say, the Women's Legacy Project and the bump out there in front of MX Well, what people called the pop-up park and turning that pop-up park into a more permanent location. Well, they started their fundraising campaign. They were very successful in getting money raised through their campaign, had a patronicity campaign where they needed to raise $50,000 locally, which would then be matched by the state of Indiana. Uh, they blew past the 50000 locally, and I think they ended up somewhere around $86,000, that they raised from local donations, which qualified them to get the 50000 from the state. And the city also put in some money to help freshen that up because it was a project that, as I mentioned earlier, was time to get updated, and city council had appropriated some money for it. And so and that, that was originally Belterra money also. And so that all came together, and they were able to get the funding put together. I'll say spring of last year, we're able to get the bulk of the construction is is done. I think there's still a couple of punch list items, but for the most part, that project is complete. They had a dedication on December 9th, uh, which was very well attended, and a number of the of the women who were honored to be a part of the Inspiration Park were in attendance, and so they were able to honor them in person, and then also with the artwork that is a part of Inspiration Park. As I told Tina privately, that it was appropriate for her to come and and, and thank council for the money and update everyone on how it turned out. The bump outs that are located in front of Amex Well, uh, it turned out really well. We, there was so much money raised, we actually built a second one or a mirror image of that um, just down the block there on George Street at the other end in front of Safe Passage. And so bump outs are getting used. The park is getting used. And so it's a great addition to our downtown, and it's a great way to uh, memorialize the hard work and effort of so many women in our community who have made a difference and are uh, a vital uh, part of our community. And we have the added bonus of having this place in downtown where there is now a covered place for people to go and sit and reflect or just rest, as the case may be, or to maybe eat a hamburger or a slice of pizza out there. So there's hopefully will be something that people will, will will value and use for years to come. And, of course, uh, you also had uh, your uh, usual report, uh, some things that uh, you wanted to uh, put forth as uh, far as uh, what's going on around the city. That's right. And so every month I give council an update on all the different projects that are going on. Uh, so in case they're out and about and somebody says, hey, what's going on with this project? Or I haven't heard anything about this for a while. So they're up to date on what's happening. Part of it is to talk about all the different things with covid where people can go to get either vaccinated or get tested. 
and so I share some information as far as um, and what's happening specifically in the 47006 zip code, which is the smallest, um, the most pinpoint accurate thing I can get that the state provides. Um, and so obviously we all know that there's been a definitely an uptick in new cases of COVID over the last two or three months. And, and so that, that part is up pretty, has been up pretty high the, in previous weeks. And so we have not been as bad here in our zip code but still having cases in our zip code. Uh, but the part I like to point out to folks is that when you look at the number of people vaccinated, the percentage of people vaccinated in 47006, we currently have 59.1% of the people in our zip code, ages five and up, are, are vaccinated as compared to the state rate. Again, for five and up, the state vaccination rate is 55.1%. So we're still about four percentage points ahead of the state and percentage of people getting vaccinated, which is great. I wish we could get more, but obviously uh, that that's a personal decision. And, and so we're hoping that more people will make that choice to get vaccinated. But we are we are making some progress, at least here locally for it. And so that was one thing that I talked about. I talk about every month. And I also talked about the READY program, the city of Batesville in conjunction with the cities of Shelbyville, Rushville, and Greensburg made an application to the state IEDC for funding through the READY program. Uh, we did not get the full $50 million that we had requested, so we we asked or we'd asked for 50. Well, we've been told we'll get approximately $20 million for that program. We're now waiting for a meeting to, which will be held on February 16th, which will then give us some insight as to what projects the state is interested in funding out of the $50 million we suggested. Uh, we, we can only do about, I guess that's 40% of what we're looking for. So we're hoping to, that we'll have some projects in that list and we'll know more in February. Um, the other thing I, I, I guess I want to share with folks is that every year I have to do a state of the city address. And so it's one of the requirements of, as a mayor of, of the third-class city or actually any city in the state of Indiana, you're supposed to make a state of the city address. And, we, and every mayor does it differently. In some cities, it is a huge event. And it's a Chamber of Commerce event, and they sell tickets, and hundreds of people will, will, will come to that event. Um, uh, other mayors will do it as a five-minute update at a city council meeting, use that as their state of the city address. Uh, I've done it slightly differently. I'm a bit more old school, and so over the years I have done a presentation at the Batesville Middle School in the commons area and the cafeteria area, and it's taken about an hour and a half for me to go through all the information I think is important. Uh, last year, because of COVID, we did it uh, electronically. We uh, filmed it. I did it privately here in council chambers here at the Memorial Building, and then we played it, uh, we made it available for people to watch it online. And so we have yet to make that decision on which way we're going to do it. But we have chosen um, to, do, to either do it in person or we will make it available then on Tuesday, February 22nd uh, this year. And so we'll work that here. Hopefully in the next week or so we'll try to make a decision about if it's in person or online. Uh, I didn't think about it, but uh, one of the city councilmen pointed out to me after the meeting on Monday night that I have chosen 
February 22nd, which is will end up being really an odd way of looking at the date. It will be February 22nd, so that's 2:22 in the year 19 or 2022. So, <laughs> and one way to write it down, it's actually 2 slash 22 slash 22. Easy to remember. <laughs> so, so it'll be easy to remember. And as I like to tell people, it's an exciting evening. So come on out, uh, uh, bring your popcorn. Um, and, and so I wish it was more exciting, but unfortunately it's rather, there are certain things that just need to be done. And, and part of that is to make sure we talk about fin- the financial situation of the city. And so I spend a lot of time explaining and talking about the financial side. I also spend a lot of time talking about projects, either projects that were completed or projects we're looking to for the future. And so those items take a, a fair amount of time. Then I also try to do a little bit about long-term growth and uh, population. And so population is a big issue for small rural communities. And so we, um, this year I have some really good news. And so we have uh, good news this year about uh, after the uh, census was done last year, uh, Batesville has been growing, which is out of the ordinary. And so most small communities are losing population. But Batesville, on the other hand, is actually gaining population. So the city of Batesville, I'll give you, I'll give you a nugget today. Okay. The city of Batesville grew by 10% in the last decade. And I would, I would be hard-pressed to find another city of 7,000 people that grew by 10% in the last decade. Uh, the vast majority of places are losing population or maybe only growing by 1% or 2%. We grew by 10%. And so that's really an indication of how strong our businesses are and how motivated our folks are and certainly the hard work and effort of so many people who are on all the um, who are on Batesville Main Street or Batesville Beautification League or the Chamber of Commerce uh, or any of our organizations. Um, the Kiwanis are very active. All those, all these different groups make Batesville a great place to live. Uh, and so I'll talk, I'll talk more about that on, for my State of the City address later on. But there's a little nugget for you for the future. All right, yeah, um, for sure. The other piece of it is that uh, I also make sure I update council on projects. And so the one that's probably the most important one right now is that this summer we did a lot of work on Walnut Street and replaced the utilities underneath Walnut Street from about Highway 46 up to Boringer Street. And so we wanted to do one more section. We wanted to do a block on Boringer then and then a block on Main Street. And, and But unfortunately, the timing wasn't right, and we couldn't get it done this fall without interfering with uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so we pushed that back until this month, till January. And so they started last week. And so we have... Uh, that those two roads, Boringer Street from Walnut to Main, and then on Main Street we go from Boringer to Pearl there in front of Cook Performance. And so it's really only two blocks that we're replacing water pipes under the road. I think they're out there. They were out there Monday and yesterday. They were working in the intersection, and so they should hopefully get the pipes done this week. And we have some testing we need to do, pressure tests, a bacteria test. And then once we get the results back and everything passes, then they'll make some connections, connect the water services to those businesses. 
that are on Boringer or Main Street in that area, and we'll get those things cleaned up, and then we'll have that utility project done and over with. Um, I know it's caused a, um, some heartache for folks, but this is one of those things that you have to do long term. You have to replace utilities and keep up with them. And so we have pipes in those areas that have been in the ground for 90 years. And it's easier to do it now than it is when you have a busted pipe and no one has water for a couple of days as you're trying to get everything figured out and fixed. So we made the choice to do it this way. And hopefully we'll get it done quickly and without too much uh, hassle for the local businesses working going on. But we hope folks will, will forgive us and let us get on with it. And our time is up, and if we don't speak to you between now and our visit next month, all the best to you, and we will talk to you then. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day. I'm Tom Snape for The Daily Pod.